This podcast is for grown-ass people, so if you are under the age of 18, go away. Hi, and thanks for downloading the most recent episode of the podcast. Uh, something to, on, uh, for selfish reasons, uh, for my own personal knowledge, I've done a lot of research on the subject, uh, but I could use you know uh, knowledge from people who've gone through this, through this before. Um, so I have a herniated disc. It's extremely painful. I didn't order it. I didn't ask for it on Amazon. It just it just arrived. It just came to me. And for the past eight months, it's been excruciating. Just incredible pain and crazy expensive every single month. Um, and I've been actually debating getting what's called a discectomy. And there's another surgery they can do for these as well, too. The problem with these is that a lot of people say, oh, it works great. And then there's always one person out of the 10 who says, ah, it's so much worse off than it is It is now. It's just... So I, I'm, I'm seriously debating doing this because I'm on painkillers constantly. And the first... When you get on painkillers, the first week is like, this is awesome. I'm on painkillers. And after the next, like, eight months after that first week, you're like, oh, God, I'm just so sick of being on painkillers. So if you or someone you know has had uh, the herniated disc surgery, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. Good, bad... Do it? Yes? No? Because it's expensive and it's risky. So both of those things <laughs> sounds like a stock I'd like to buy. Um, so yeah, let me know, massacast at gmail.com, if, uh, if you have any experience with it. Or if you're a doctor who uh, can give more info about this. Or would like to offer the Massacast doctor discount that's so popular these days. Uh, before we get to this episode, I want to say a um, uh, friend of the show, Mako, who's been on the show before, has written a new book. Uh, it's called Concerning Littleton. It's uh, an age playbook. I, please tell me, Saad, that that's not something I'm just hearing, that that's actually a, an actual beep that's supposed to be there. That's the oven. That's the oven. Okay. I was worried. I'm like, now I'm, now I'm hearing things. Um, Concerning Littleton is on Amazon, uh, getting rave reviews such as Hot as Hell, Varied Age Play Related Kink Settings, and Great Fun. And also there's a forward by other friend of the show, uh, Dr. Morgana May. So you get two MasterCast guests for the price of one. Uh, there'll be a link to it. Uh, you can go to Amazon and just search Concerning Littleton, or you can uh, click on the, the Amazon link uh, by going to MasterCast.com and just looking for this episode. Uh, this episode, it's a guest. You know what? Here's the thing. Before I send uh, out an email uh, to guests, I say, hey, what name do you want to go by? And this time, I swear to God, uh, it's the painkillers. I'll just blame the pain. I, she goes by MJ. We'll just say MJ because I don't want to say the name that we've been emailing back and forth with. Because what, what if that's she's applying for a house loan tomorrow, and, and the, she uses that name and they do a search? I don't want to do that. So we're just going to call her MJ, and I'll be an asshole for not having emailed her to ask exactly what name she wants to go by. Um, but one thing's for sure is she is uh, one thousand degrees of awesome. And uh, you'll be able to tell by this interview, too, that, uh, that she's pretty damn cool. And uh, you'll be able to find out more information about her on the Massacast website, massacast.com. Uh, so here it is. Ta-da! There we go. Cool. Uh, so you're in... First off, hello! Hi! So you're in, you're in you know, complete, somewhere in the Pennsylvania area. Yeah. How's the scene there? Um, pretty there active? are a lot of... Uh, swingers out here not as many um kinksters but there are most of what i do is like tri-state area stuff more than 
specifically to Philly. <laughs> um, so, so is it because uh, your area is more swingers than kink that you you're like, all right, I'm gonna have to expand my reach here. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, I, I love the swingers. I, I I tried it once. It just was not for me. Um, but they do a lot of parties and house parties and things like that, whereas play um, is harder to come by. Um, not to mention that I prefer to be in a queer crowd. Um, so that also um, is a little harder to get as well. Right. And also, uh, swingers are usually kind of wigged out a little bit by. They are BDSM. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. Did you find that? They are. They are. They're they're totally fine with the sex toys and whatnot. But once you get anything past that, like the dildos and the vibrators, and it gets a little <laughs> hairy. <laughs> so they, they're just like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> what is, uh, so uh, you'd think that there'd be uh, there kind of more exposed to this stuff. I mean, maybe some more extreme, thing, extreme things like needle play or something like that would obviously freak them out a little bit more. But right. like, if you like get out a flogger or something like that, is that usually like, what, what's the, what's the line? What's the line you can't cross? <laughs> like, where is that at? Is it nipple clamps? Is that the line or? Um, I would have to say for me, because of where I play these days, that there is not much of my play that's good for like swinger consumption. <laughs> <laughs> because it's um, a lot of blood and a lot of impact and you know they don't really want to see either of those things so uh, it might be the nipple clamps you might be right there right <laughs> hmm. that might be that might be one too many so let's let's go back a little bit so we uh, I had opened up the uh, the floodgates I had asked people to send me suggestions of whoever they wanted to because whoever they wanted to hear on the podcast. Cause I, you know, I'm sort of, I usually only ask people I know or friends of friends. Mm-hmm. So that's fairly limiting. And the reason why is not because I'm afraid to talk to new people. It's because if I, I find if I email someone who hasn't heard of the podcast and if, especially if it's a woman and if I say, Hey, uh, would you like to come on my podcast? It's about King. And it's like, sounds creepy, right? It just sounds, it sounds <laughs> weird. And if you don't know what you're in for, if you have never heard it before, it just I, I come. It sounds like I'm an asshole or some just a creep guy, right? And, which so, is understandable because you kind of assume that, right? It's a shame. Yes, that is an assumption. <laughs> so uh, this way, if I had friends of friends or people who were familiar, tell these people, you know, hey, you should be on it. And actually, your husband uh, yes. emailed me on FetLife and said, "Hey, I nominate my wife to come on." <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Awesome, kick ass!" And so here we are. And you had heard you had heard the podcast before, yeah. So you weren't like oh, what creepiness is. And, you know, no, I, I don't think you're creepy. No, it's still early in the interview, so <laughs> that can change. Um, so here we are. Thank you for taking time out to to sit with me. Um, you, uh, I was looking at your your felt life profile, and you've got a pretty. You, I feel sometimes like maybe I need to kind of complicate my fat life profile a little bit more sometimes to make me see it seem more interesting because <laughs> okay. I, I come up on yours and it's there's a lot going on there just in the before you even get past the fold right yeah uh you're dominant uh you're polyamorous married you have uh, a lover 
in leather family, you have, you're dating someone, you're in a relationship with someone else, you're the sister of someone else, and I, is that real sister or like no leather sister? Leather sister. Uh, I was that I was that was my band in college. Leather sister. Leather sister. That's awesome. That's a lie. I just made that up. <laughs> uh, you can't be lying to me this early in the interview. You have a leather brother, or is that your real brother? Nope, leather brother. You're considering someone. Correct. And you're the top of someone. Yes. So, can, do you mind if we kind of go through? Because there's a. That's one thing that a lot of people at, will email me asking, like, how do I know what things mean? You know, because yes. there's there's a lot of different, and the definitions change from person to person, right? Yes, they do. So let's start. Let's start. Uh, married too is pretty obvious, right? Yeah. Let's start with that relationship. You you've been married for eighteen years, is that right, or together for eighteen years? Um, we've been married for. Oh. Uh, it's all right. I, I, I didn't say. I should. I was told there was no math. That's what. That's how you just say. I was going to say no math. I was told there was no math. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a long time. A while. More than a fortnight. Yeah. And. Uh, did you start out uh, having a Diaz relationship, or is that something you evolved into? Or? We did. Um, JR and I met on AOL, back when AOL was a little community of like 9,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came home on college break, um, and my mom was like, yeah, go on AOL and make yourself an account. Start chatting with people. It'll be good for you. Your mom said this? <laughs> yes. Wow. Not thinking that I was going to go where I ended up. Right. Um. So I had already had um, a decent amount of inclinations as to how I worked, um, dominant-wise. So, you know, you do a little searching, and I found this room called Real Submissive Men. And I was like, ooh, let's go in here and see what a real submissive man is. So you, you, most people would stay away from that. Well, you know, I'm 20 years old. I'm home from college. Like, I was like, I'm in here. So I start talking to people, and he starts talking to me, and he's nice, and he doesn't seem creepy or crazy. And after about a week of being home and talking to him, he says, you know, do you want to go out on a date? And I was like, sure. So I met him um, in public because my mother was like, you're going to get drug away and killed. Wait, so you told your mom. Did you did you tell her, hey, I, I, I was in this uh, Real Submissive Men website? I did not tell okay. her that. I said I was in a chat room, and I met this guy, and she was appalled by the fact that I was going to have dinner with a stranger. What but monster have I created? Exactly. Pretty much. Even though, in the grand scheme of things, she probably wasn't super shocked. <laughs> right. We... I met him on the Jersey side of the Ben Franklin Bridge, and we totally had this regular vanilla date over dinner where he hardly spoke to me. He stared at me a lot and lit my cigarette <laughs> <laughs> and then asked me to go to a movie, and I said, was that so you don't have to talk to me some more? And he just kind of looked at me and was a perfect gentleman, and he didn't try to kiss me or hug me. I kissed the window of his Jeep which was like pristine because he's one of those people that kept his car pristine. Mm-hmm. And when I had a date with him a couple weeks later, my lipstick print was still on the window of his Jeep. <laughs> it, that's hard too because Jeeps actually come dirty. They do. You buy them. They yeah. do. And it was the plastic window. So. Wow. Yeah. So now had you had any experience with kink prior to that? Or, or? 
I had just, at the time I was um, in therapy, and my therapist at the time had given me Screw the Roses to read because she felt as though I was headed in a certain direction, and she was correct. Hmm. So... You, uh, when, like, when did you start, like, jumping into the play? Was it, like, cyber stuff first? Um, not for long, because that's not really appealing to me. I mean, to get a feel of things and to find people initially, a lot happened through AOL, and a lot of the people that were my community originally, um, were people from AOL in the chat rooms. But I eventually found a woman who was willing to, like, apprentice me as an equal instead of a bunch of mostly men actually telling me that I had to learn from the bottom. Oh, Jesus. Um, (laughs) This woman in Philadelphia kind of took me under her wing, and she was a member of a private club at the time called The Loft. Um, And Jason and I got really lucky because we kind of walked in to this, family at this club and they took us in and that was that was it after that i never looked back no so the 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 weird thing is and it's not weird but the the whole hey you got to start as the bottom and work that's very old guard right that's how it used to be done yeah and uh and and i think maybe just with with women being more uh exposed to to that side of things they're like fuck that i'm not doing that you kidding me you know and it's I, I don't know if the, the old guard it started that way because it was practical and this is how it worked and this is actually it it actually is a a good way to go about doing it mm-hmm. or if it's just a creepy someone had a creepy idea hey I got an idea you know <laughs> let's everybody suck my dick first you know it just right. I don't know so if you talk I, I mean in a way I understand that I get tradition and I get that there's a history and to a certain extent, Old Guard honors that. And there are parts of me that, that Old Guard very much speaks to in, as far as protocol and things like mm-hmm. that. But, I mean, and honestly, I tried to bottom. It was not for me. <laughs> I picked a man who I had a lot of trust in at the time, and it was more about spite. Like, I was like, I'm going to survive this scene out of spite. <laughs> it was not. It was not at all that I enjoyed this. It was about I'm going to beat you at your own game. That's. I was going to say that's terrible, but that's not really. That doesn't say a lot about the, the about the scene there, right? It, it was. It was tedious for us both. I think. But, yeah. I mean, we. I asked for him to see it through to the end, and he did that for me because I wanted to see if maybe along the way something would click or something would appeal to me. I didn't know. So mm-hmm. I asked for him to stick it, no matter how aggressive I got. And he did. And at the end of the day, it was like, um, after that, I ended up topping him, actually, for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he was nice enough to try to give me the experience. This was not for me. Right. So what... Uh so when you guys got married, did anything like how long from, from the time you you met each other on AOL until the time you got married? Um, we met. I was twenty. We officially started dating when I was twenty-one. Six months later, we got engaged. We got engaged at the at the loft at the club that I referenced before, um, and an event there called the Philly Bash that they had one year, and 
then it was a year and a half more until we got married. So we were 24. So did anything change? I mean, is there, is there anything in your marriage that altered or that because you were married, I'll give you an example. Uh, Sad and I have been discussing on whether or not, uh, I should take her last name or if we just keep our own names. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, did you do anything like that or? Um, no, I was really excited to get rid of my maiden name. Oh, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a bunch of baggage attached to that, so I was more than happy. Is it like a joke last name that just or sounds like, or is it just like Hitler? Or I mean, is there something really bad with it, or is it just you don't have to <laughs> no. say? Obviously, no, it's 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 not anything terrible. It's just um, my own choice to want to get rid of it and, uh. and start this next chapter of my life. Right. It's so like Cheney. I'm guessing your last name is Cheney or exactly. or Bush. Dahmer or Bush. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it's Dahmer Bush. Dahmer Cheney. I don't know which is worse. Both have been I think Cheney. Yeah. I think Cheney. Yeah, you're right. But yeah. Um, no, I took his name. And when did you do the polyamory thing? When did when did that was it pretty evident that that was sort of how you were um, wired or For me it was how I was wired. Um, at the time when JR met me, I ID'd as bisexual. Um, so there was never a time that I was going to be willing to be without a woman in my life. Mm -hmm. So when he asked me to marry him, I was like, you know, I'll give you the white picket fence and the kids as long as, you know, the dungeons downstairs and my girlfriend's in another bed. Like, <laughs> as long as we can navigate that, I am totally down for marrying you. Um, and right off the bat we were open in our marriage um most of the time in the beginning were situations where we shared space um as far as like swapped or jr would be in a relationship with somebody that i had brought home or was in a relationship with like either in a daddy place mm -hmm. like he'd be the daddy um but for the most part, he didn't pursue any relationships of his own until two and a half years ago with his girl now, ever. Well, how did that... I mean, what happened there? Was it just like being um, the right person or was it just a, you know, just an ev evolution? We had shared a girl previously and during that relationship, I observed that Jason was becoming more aggressive in bed. Not with me. <laughs> Mm -hmm. with our girl at the time. Um, and I thought maybe it was just a dirty daddy thing because he's been with me for a long time and always been submissive to me. And I realized that, you know, people have different feelings towards different people, but he was definitely asserting more dominance towards our girl at the time. And I found it super exciting because there was lots of parts of him around like play and things that mimicked me because he's been looking at me doing it for years right um, i learned it from you i know like my baby bird um, <laughs> <laughs> but i was you know aroused by it like i liked to see it in him because it seemed to come from a really happy place um so he met ever at the floating world a couple years ago she was looking for someone um, and their relationship kind of evolved from there. 
And that's when he went from IDing as a submissive to a switch. So we spent the bulk of our relationship with him solely IDing as my submissive. Yeah. So how does so I, I know people who are poly where if they have a uh, let, let's say, for example, you have a husband and wife, and then the wife brings someone home. She doesn't want to. I know poly people who are like they don't want to share that person. That that person is a separate relationship, and that person is off. You know, no touching. You know that that she's mine. That type of thing. Okay. And 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 I also know other polyamorous people who. Uh, it must be the opposite, where the third person who comes in, they must be, you know, it must be like a true triad type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is there, it sounds to me like, well, I don't know if it's for you, it's like a, a must-be type of thing. Like, do you, are almost all of your relationships involving your husband? So it's, Or do you have stuff that's just um, completely separate? Up till his relationship with Ever, all of our relationships, all of his relationships overlapped into a relationship that was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I had relationships that stood independently from him. Um, I've actively been poly longer than he has as far as execution. <laughs> <laughs> he has always had an open heart and an open mind, but it has just not been something that he had looked for independently to form a whole nother relationship. Right. Um, but obviously, I'm not going to be submissive to him. That's a need that he has to fill outside of me, and that requires a whole other relationship outside of me. Your, do you, what's, what is your, your – it's a female-led relationship, obviously, but what is it uh, – do you have, like, DS? Do you have some sort of protocols? Is it mostly play-based? Is it um, – you know, uh, how, does it, how does it manifest itself? With my husband? Yeah. Um. He is overall a very passive personality. He's very quiet. He is my polar opposite socially. We go to a party and I report back on the way home what everybody said to me and he reports back everything that he saw. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we are very complimentary to one another that way. Sure. Um, I think that when we met, we solidified who we were um, in DS. Um, being that we have children and we live together and we have separate relationships. I mean, obviously we take time to be together and to reestablish our dynamic. Um, and it's with us every day. I mean, down to the little things, which is partners taking care of partners too. But, you know, uh, I'll be like, could you please go in the kitchen and get me a glass of iced tea? And if my mother's here, she'll be like, don't you want to tell her to get up off her ass and do it herself? <laughs> <laughs> because my my mother and my that side of the family is aware of my life and my lifestyle. And Jason's like always like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel that way. I, I don't want to tell her to get her ass up off the couch. I'll usually herself. hear, and it, it it doesn't usually have. I mean, we have a few friends that are not in the know, and whenever they'll say something, like, he's so attentive. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's my about. my in laws are unaware of how we live our life, which is interesting because we're an active poly household. Um, my ex wife lived here with us for five and a half years. Um, and they love her 
they love her just like she's part of our family. Mm-hmm. And but they don't know and they say the same kind of thing. Like if they come and I have a submissive at the house for a service weekend or something along the lines, they'll be like, God, your friends are so nice. Right. They're so nice. They they just they take care of everything. Right. Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have I have other friends who uh, are, you know the same thing. They'll have family in town, and they'll have some of their submissives over to do stuff. And of course, they have to really relax the protocol. Then, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's really fascinating. How like, wow, you're just your friends are so helpful. Yeah, all the time, especially at parties. Yeah. Like God, they're amazing. They clean up. I don't even have to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, how, how old are your kids? Uh. Eight and four. Now, I—that's one thing that I mean. I'm both looking forward to the possibility of, but also dreading the possibility of, because we got a dog, and that was about a year and a half ago, and that dramatically changed our. The dog cramped our style a little bit, right? Okay. Just, just because there were things we couldn't do because the dog was there now, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it was just like, damn it. And then so now, at the same time, at one one part of me is like, yeah, I think it would be fun to have kids, you know. Um, Saad would make a great mom. I'd make a okay dad. No, I think I'd make a good dad. But anyway, uh, but at the same time, god damn, if a dog cramped our style, what would kids do? How do you do... In, did, did having kids completely... Did, how, do you, how do you manage doing that? I mean, obviously, you, you're not stopping being, you know, longer, you know, you're not holding off on the polyamory and you still have people come over for service weekends but how do you explain that to the kids and and um it's interesting and i'm gonna be honest it's kind of a i cross that bridge when i come to it yeah kind of approach um jr and i tried for a really long time to have kids and it was seven years until i conceived Mm -hmm. so i was kind of under the impression that it wasn't going to happen for us right and looking back i'm really glad that he and i had those seven years to bond and just be together. Yeah. Um, but when my son arrived, he just kind of took life to the next level in my brain. Yeah. Like I leveled up in the game. <laughs> um, I still had all my armor and everything. <laughs> I just went to the next level. It as a baby. It's hard for like the first two years, going to be honest, um, because they need you, right, for everything. <laughs> um, Leeches. <laughs> don't say that. But it it was nice in the way that because I am Polly, um, it really does take a village. Um, I'm extremely blessed to have had a leather family and a biological family and people in my life that I was in relationships with that truly became invested in my child at the time and now invested in both of my children. Um, And there was always somebody that wanted them. Like there was never like lots of parents have trouble getting babysitters and things like that. And especially for events when I'm going away for the whole weekend. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really have a huge struggle with that um, because of the network and the family that I had intact. And a lot of that was chosen family, was leather family, not all biological. So 
I, I definitely am going with it, a village makes it easier. Um, but all I do, I mean, I don't work. I stay at home. I raise my kids. I run my house. Um, and as they get older, it becomes more difficult because the questions start coming. Yeah. Um, like recently, JR collared his girl and she's got the steel ring. And before that, she wore a PVC collar. And my daughter was like, how come whenever comes here, she wears a dog collar? And I explained it in the best way I could that was honest and not shamed because I don't want them to associate shame um, with it. And just explain that, you know, how I wear a ring for daddy on my finger. Well, ever wears that necklace on her neck for daddy. So uh, now how do you, because my concern would be that later... Uh, the kids would be talking to their friends and so like, we've got this friend who comes over and wears a dog collar. And then the parent yeah. it goes back to the parent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a, I will cross that bridge when I get there. Right. And I realized that with my son, I'm getting closer and closer to that place. Yeah. Um, because he just turned eight in second grade and he's too smart for words. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but for the most part, because they've grown up in this household their entire lives, to a certain extent, I think I've made a really good decision for them in that they get to be surrounded by some really amazing people. Sure. Um, because of my lifestyle choice. And I don't. I don't see that as a bad thing. I mean, obviously, they're going to go looking for my toys. I went looking for all my parents' secret stuff. It's going to happen. Do you have it, like, under lock and key, or what's the secret there? Um, there are two large, those big Rubbermaid closets in the basement that are locked, padlocked. Right, right. Um, but there are some things that are out, like, every once in a while, they will come walking out of somewhere with something, and I'll be like, okay, come over here. Give it back. That's mommy." <laughs> And you move along. You just can't be like, oh, my God. Like, if you give them a huge reaction to it, yeah, then they're going to think, oh, well, we just, you know, we just got away with something or we just poked the bear. But if you stay <laughs> casual about it and you're just like, can you give that to me? You know, it's it's called, it's a, it's a missile. It's a little pl- plastic missile. And exactly. um, it's for self-defense and you shouldn't have that. Yeah. My daughter walked out with an anal hook like a week ago. Oh, wow. And you're like, what's this? Yeah. She said, shouldn't this be in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> How do you just leave it? Is it was because it was hidden in a closet or something or in a in a drawer or something? It, w- she- it was, um, I had just bought JR a new rope bag. He's getting into rope more. He's buying more, you know, lengths and different sizes and pieces. Also bought him a ring and a hook for Christmas. So he was moving things from a bigger, from a smaller bag to a bigger bag. Right. And... He had walked away from it, and she had walked into the bedroom, even though the door was closed, and come out like, hey, look at this. And I was like, okay, give that to me. So so Thanks. how do you – so I, I, the other thing, too, now, is that uh, I'm worried that – because I know kids can be little shits, right? They can be little assholes, just like, they're, just like any other type of person. 
any other person, even Gandhi was an asshole at times, right? Everyone was an asshole. So, yeah, they make me want to eat them sometimes. Right. So my worry is that I would say something like, do you have any idea how great our life was before you showed up? You know, I I, I, I I know I'll be thinking it. I'm worried I'm going to say it. Do you ever say anything? I mean, does that ever come out? No. No? No. Um, When you get there and you see their faces, there's just something about them that saves them every time. Right. (laughs) And when you become a parent, you'll remember this and you'll say, you know, MJ told me this was going to happen. You'll get to that place where you think you want to say it and then you'll just look at them and be so overwhelmed with love that you're like, this is what my life is now. You know? I'm... the Being reason a parent is part of that picture now, just right. the way it is. I think it's just because I'm worried. Uh, I'm because I knew when we were going to get a dog that that uh, you know it was gonna it was gonna change things, right? Uh, and so, and I, obviously, a dog is completely different than having a kid. You know, totally. I love that everybody always gets a dog first. <laughs> Well, it really doesn't prepare you for shit. No, but so so Saad needed first off, she needed something to nurture, right? Like mm-hmm. something in whatever. And all of our friends were having babies all at once, right? Oh. And so her her uterus was like going like, "Come on, let's go." You yeah, know? bonkers. And so she needed something. And also in our neighborhood, if you're walking around with a big kind of mean dog, uh, it, especially her, because she she get you know we're not in the nicest of neighborhoods and so the people will you know kind of approach her and so like you know say crude things in an effort to get her to give her the number or whatever like that right and so if you have a big mean dog they just look the other way right right and in fact run the other way well, so they probably don't look the other way they probably definitely look at her because she's smoking but but you know what i'm saying they're, they're yeah. like <laughs> they don't they do not approach her right Correct. And so it was a safety thing and also a mothering thing and, and you know, sure. So um, we've got – and I know it's not the same as having a kid, but at the same time, every now and again, I'll, I'll say and, – and, and the dogs, I do love the dog. But every now and I'll be like, hmm, things were a little – just a little bit better before the dog, you know? Uh, there's a, there's an ebb and flow. There's There will be things that are better and there will things that will, you know, suffer in the presence of your children. I mean, yeah. there's there's no doubt about it. Even though, I have to say, everybody everybody's question to me is usually like, well, does it affect your ability to have dates or does it affect your ability for this? Like, obviously, I can't play in my house when my children are awake. Yeah. Um, so if I do have a date in my house, it's either when my kids are not here or they are asleep downstairs and I am not the parent on duty. Our house is set up in a way that I have a whole apartment upstairs over our house. Oh, really? Um, where we have guests. So That's where Fonzie lives. Yeah. Above, hey. the, above the garage. Exactly. So there is, there is a different living space for us to function in mm-hmm. um, when JR and I have people over. Um but it does definitely cut down availability. It definitely cuts down on the amount of protocol I can have in my life. Um, even though my kids have already picked up, like there are certain people in my life that call me ma'am. Right. I was like, yeah, Newt calls you ma'am. I'm like, yep. How come he doesn't ever call you Jessica? 
nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, or MJ. It's like, nope, nope, I'm ma'am. Right. And they pick up on those kind of things. And like I said, I try to present our lives without shame in a way that is appropriate for my kids to get it. So how how do you because obviously they're gonna have they're gonna know sometime right I mean they're they're gonna oh, be God, yeah. they're gonna know yeah how do you what have you thought of what that talk's gonna be like uh, <laughs> I mean obviously I've put some thought into it um, I don't really think I could prepare. For you, it's like doing your taxes. You're like, you know, I'm going to have, I'll do it someday. It's just, not, I don't have to do it today. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, I look at it this way. I'm hoping that I'm cultivating a relationship with my children that is open enough that they can ask me the questions as it comes to them. Right. And so far, that has proven to be the case. Um, however, if it ever comes down to a place where they're like, oh my God, is this what you're doing? You know. <laughs> Obviously, we will have to have a sit-down powwow and, and, and hash it out. Um, and I, who knows? I could be raising, you know, the most Republican, whatever, uptight child in the universe. I don't know. That and happens. I, I mean, that happens more often than you think, right? That the I know. kid kind of goes the exact... So. Um, yeah, I was raised by two Republicans. See, I was raised by one uh, Democrat and one one Republican. Oh, see, you had a fifty fifty chance. I did, but I, well, I I think I think when you're a, when you're a farmer's son, you're gonna be you're gonna be a Democrat, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, Especially sure. during the Reagan administration, if you're gonna be a farmer's son during the Reagan administration, you're not gonna vote Republican ever. It's Agreed. just one of those things. Okay, he screwed over the farmers quite a bit. Anyway, so. <laughs> I guess my, I mean, I'm already worried about having that talk and I don't even have a kid yet. Right. You can't, you can't do that though. Cause oh, I can. Things. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> right now. It's going to happen. It's going to, any, every talk is going to have to happen. The sex talk is going to happen. You know, the, the drug talk, the, I got too drunk, like all those discussions are going to happen. To me, this is just discussion that happens in my life that might not happen in everyone else's life. I'm pretty confident the internet will come up with a solution before it, I have a kid. And when we have a kid, it's, there's going to be a website or... Well, you're going to have a script you're going to read? Or? No, it's not even going to be a website or a script. It's going to be some program you download into the chip inside your kid's head <laughs> that explains it. And I don't want that. I don't want that. You don't want that either. I want two of them. Oh, God. Two chips. <laughs> The only negative part about it is, is every time your kid wakes up from a nap, you hear the Intel Inside jingle. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> Time to reboot. Uh, yeah. So let's go through some of your other. Uh, you have a lover. Mm-hmm. What is the? So you have lovers, and you also have um, tops. You're a top of someone. Yeah. You are. What is the difference between a lover and Dating, for example. Um, the two people that you're referencing are my profile as my lovers. Um, Melissa and Francis. Uh, they have been in my life consistently for a couple of years. Um, we share a dynamic occasionally, um, but not all the time. Part 
of our relationship is strictly sexual. Um, and I don't, I see them with consistency, but not, see, this is the one I struggled with because I was thinking that you were probably going to ask me this. Um, I see them with consistency, like know that if I'm at an event with them, I will have a date with them if we are at the same event. I know that we will make plans to see one another during the year if we're not going to see one another at an event. But there is no, like, daily contact. I got you. Um, for me, it's um, more casual that way, where we kind of come together again, catch up, have a great time, and go our separate ways. Um, but have a really good bond and a really solid basis. Um, Melissa and I are going on three years. Francis and I going on two. So did you find, because you, you, like you said, you already, you already have, you have sisters, a leather sister, you have a leather brother, you're mm-hmm. considering someone, mm-hmm. you're dating someone. Uh, did you find any of it, it's like political, like you, you have to make the choice very carefully. And so like you, you, you mark someone as your lover and the person's saying, um, I thought we were dating, you know, you don't, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't put the two of them on my profile for a long time because who we are is so undefined, but it makes sense to us that it was like, oh, if I put these people on here under this title, is it going to have this connotation to the rest of the world? And it was finally kind of like we all decided because the three of us um, are involved with each other independently, Melissa and Francis and I. Um, we just kind of were like, we're lovers, you know, yeah. we love each other. We have a, a connection. We are who we are as far as dominant, submissive, whatever in the grand scheme of things. But we just really enjoy one another's company. I, I found it being, to be very kind of political that if someone would add on, add me to their leather family list. And if I didn't, you know, add back or something. Uh, and Saad actually had this problem more than I, because someone would add her as a, and she was just like, I don't, you know, I just don't really, it's, you know, we don't have, we don't put all that weight on all that much weight on titles of people. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm not saying people who do are weird or something like that. We just, we just, we, we have friends, right? Whatever. Sure. And so someone added her and I to a leather family as part of leather, and we just didn't add back because we're, we're doing others. St- I'm, you know, we've got other shit to do to wor- than to worry about that, right? Mm-hmm. And this per- and someone was like, I can't believe what the are we not in a leather family together? Uh, you know, and I was like, I don't even know what that means, and neither do you. And so, sure, fine, I'll add you. Fine. Now, are you happy? Now we're in the leather. You know, my leather family. Um we came together 10 years ago and everyone was either voted into the family or was part of the original structure of the family. Right. So for us, leather family, it's an actual structure. It's actual thing. It's an actual familial structure. In right. Our lives. Whereas for us, leather family is like, Hey, you're a good friend. Sure. There you go. You know, it's not that no, at my the same family comes to my children's birthday parties. Right. Um, we function with each other in vanilla scenarios, weddings, you know, things yeah. like that. It's 
it's across the board. I realize not everyone's leather family works like that. No, yeah, and but, I'm you know for for me it was just the 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 politics behind it was just ridiculous. Like, really, are you? Sh- we're yeah, friends. No, you don't have to. That happen to other people in my life. Do what you, you're referencing. Do you find uh, that some there there are categories that you don't have? Because now you, on FetLife, correct me if I'm wrong. You can create new categories, right? Really? I think you can. Let me just check. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to try this right now. Uh, in fact, we'll we'll just try it right. Now. And, and if you if you agree to this, we can always <laughs> we can always change this, right? I'm going to go into my profile. Uh, and I'm going to, ah, relationships in. Oh, perfect. So I'm going to edit, I'm going to add one here. Add a dance relationship. And no. Don't you, you have to pick from the drop down? Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought you could change one. Cause I was going to say like, I'm, I'm the mechanic of, or, you know, make them completely. So no, if, people have been fighting for that option because they don't want to be boxed in supposedly by what FetLife puts out there, which I get, but. I can't I mean, imagine what nobody's that. Nobody's going to get like I'm aardvark to someone. Like that's very personal to the people that are in the relationship. Right, and you know, there's someone who's offended that they can't add aardvark. Uh huh. You're oppressing my, my, you know, whatever. <laughs> and you know that when they're whoever's in charge of adding stuff to the drop down, they have to, they they are they absolutely have to put. Uh, you know, a limit. They can't put everything. Even though I'm sure there's someone who's emailing them saying, "Listen, uh, my personal. Pr- I'm a clown to Mistress, you know, Jehoshaphat. Exactly. And, uh, if you don't add clown, then uh, this is a travesty, and I'm deeply, you know, they have I to. Mean, I feel as though everybody has the right to ID how they want to. Absolutely. I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm huge for that. Um, however. I think that when you are on a social media site, there's going to be a certain amount of limitation. I don't even know what some of these are. <laughs> that you're just going to have to... Like, the one that kills me on there is... Well, there's... It's complicated. What's a... K- K- I don't even know how to pronounce it. We might have to Google this. K... It's a... K- uh, starts with a K. K-A-J-I-R-A. Kajara? And Kajara? K- K A J I R U S. Kiris? Is it? You, you've stumped me. See? Look at See, that. This, works. this is where I say pass. I pass. <laughs> let's, let's just try it out here. K A J I. I'm going to Google this. K A J I R A. Oh, here we go. Let's say. Oh, wow. Is it Gregorian? I think it is, yeah. Freaking weirdos. It is. It is. It's the term for a female slave or slave girl in gore novels. There you go. Uh, I really should get someone who's gore on the show. Yeah. Nah, that'd be probably too annoying. <laughs> they uh, could explain all the words to us. Well, and I hate I hate the fact that it's it's such an easy joke to make fun of people who are into gore, right? Because it's just, but um, it seems too close to a religion for me, I guess. Does that make well, sense? Fair. And yeah. I think all religions should be mocked, really. But um, are you religious? No. Oh damn! Sorry. Gonna, I was going to feel superior to you, but now nope. no, I guess not. You cannot. So what are the? Uh, so you've been together for eighteen years. Is, is your has your relationship with your husband evolved? Other than the kids, obviously, like that. But has, is there stuff that you've you've changed along the way? Like, um, 
I know a lot of people over the course of their relationships, they'll, they'll have contracts and then over the course of like every year, they'll renew it or something like that. And then they'll kind of revise of what they want in the relationship. Uh, is that, do you have like a formal process that you go through like that? Like, you know, from now on, I really, I've decided, you know, X, you're not going to, you know, stop bringing me tea or whatever, you know. I usually do contracts for the first two to three years because I figure if we can't work out our shit in the first two to three years, that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So to the point of where, you know, because a contract for me is kind of like just a written expectation list for both people involved in the relationship. Right. Um, Like if we aren't able to better communicate that with each other and there is not a natural flow to our relationship after three years, then usually I will choose not to continue to be in a relationship with that person. Um, So Jason and I have been years out of contract. Um, He's just mine. If there's, he is the one person in the world that I truly feel as though it's my property. You know, he Mm -hmm. has spent a very long time with me. There is no one that knows me to the capacity that that man does. Um, and his service can go far beyond anyone else's just because of his knowledge. Mm. Um, and although the protocol has lacked in our life because we are together every day, like I said, we definitely still do events and still do things that reestablish our dynamic. Um, our big vacation, our big kink vacation every year is we go to Camp Crucible and it's nine or 10 days normally. So it's kind of like, really good for us to go in and reestablish who we are so we can come out of that the rest of the year ready to face whatever else, you know, and we'll do weekend events and things like that. But that is kind of like our immersion that feeds us. So we've, we've found that, uh, we, we haven't really gone to any events in like a couple of years, one, Mm -hmm. because they're not cheap. And two, because, um, you really, it's really such a, a, Oh, hold on there. The cops have found me finally. Mm-hmm. They're coming. Uh, the other is because uh, unless we have a lot of our close friends going, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, for us, part of the opportunity would be able to hang out with a lot of close friends. And we, a lot of our close friends don't go to a lot of events anyway, right? Okay. Um, so part of us, but at the same time, I feel like we're missing out a little bit by not going. Mm-hmm. Um and also, like we, so, like the first few years we were together, we went to a lot of different events, and I think both of us were kind of like mm, seen one, you seen them all type of thing, right? Okay. I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm hoping you can explain what you get out of it. Uh, is it just out of because going you, to events? Because you got, do you get to see people that you only get to see once a year? Is that type of thing, or? Well, crucible is for Jr. and I to have our reestablishment of uh, our dynamic. So that's every year. This year will be our 10th year going. Um, The other events that I attend, I go to a lot of Dark Odyssey events because I'm on staff for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And QI, Queer Invasion, which is out of Connecticut, which is probably, don't hate me, Carrie, but my favorite event on the East Coast. (laughs) Not to be confused um, with QI, the BBC show with Stephen Fry. Correct. Not to be confused. I would that. be. I would be. I'm. I'm not saying I would be disappointed if someone said, "Hey, I got tickets to QI. 
I'd be like, awesome. We, we, we watch that every week and it's in the U.S. And we'd show up and we're like, okay, there's no Stephen Fry, but, you know, all right. I like to go to QI because the crowd is all queer um, and it gives me a chance to reconnect with my community and, you know, meet hot people because it's I, hands down. I've never seen a room full of such eye candy in my life <laughs> as happens at QI. Um, DO, they have Winter Fire, Summer Camp, Fusion, um, Surrender out in California. I only do the East Coast events. Um, do you go to the, I mean, are, is a highlight for you the classes or are the classes pretty much secondary? No, it's more about the play. Okay. Um, and more about seeing people, just like you said. Right. Um, because for me, a lot of the people that I care for, that I have play relationships with, live far away. Sure. Um, nobody's really out here in the burbs of Pennsylvania. So, um, in fact, most of my relationships aren't even close to me geographically. Sure. Um, so events give me, A, an opportunity to t- attend an event with one of my people um, and have them either go in service to me or as my date, escort, whatever the case may be to see people, to play, because it gives me an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to be here. You know, we have time to plan something elaborate because we know we're both going to be at the same place at the same time. Right. Um, I also enjoy being on staff for Dark Odyssey. Um, Carrie is is really good to work for, so um, that allows me, that offsets the cost that you mentioned. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, in the beginning, and also leaves me feeling like I'm giving back to an event that I care about. So. The, the being able to be in a situation where you're in kind of like resetting and getting into your DS thing, that, that sounds like, that sounds like a great thing to me. That's what I'd love to, I'd love to be able to do. Cause you know, not having, especially if you go to something like camp where you're kind of like isolated and you can just kind of be in it the whole time. Yeah. That is, that is amazing. Just the length of camp um, and just the openness of it and that you, you know, you drive in, you park your car, you know, right. you go to your cabin or your tent, whatever you're doing and, and you set up shop and, and that's all it is. It's that easy. And most of the time there's not good cell phone reception and there's no computers and there's no television. So that's, know? that's the one thing that would, so I have, I, you know, I have a day job, but my freelance, I do a lot of freelance work building websites for people. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the great thing about doing that is that it's uh, is extra cash. The bad thing about it is is that it, I'm always sort of I'm always working. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it, there's not a there there is not a time of the day where I'm not responsible for something like oh, you know, uh, hey my website's down or something like that. And so, uh, well, I'd love to go to camp. If there's no if there's no way for me to be notified if you know one of you know one of my clients' websites are down or something like that, I don't know how I'd Okay, there is Wi-Fi in the dining hall. And you can set up hotspots or do whatever you need to in your own cabin. Like, we have a cabin next to us that sets up one every year. Because yeah. there are people that do work right. from camp. Um, and fact, they're called usually assholes. When I go up to the, usually when I go up to the dining hall, you'll see during the day there'll be people set up at the tables in there right. doing work. All right. Um, that's, not, that's not an unforeseen thing. But if you, you have the option... To be off grid, right. that is what you would like to do. Right, is what I'm saying. So, um, all right. Well, there you go. Then now I'm not. I can't just like write that off. Then. Oh. Yeah. No. 
Mm-mm. Can't use that as an excuse. You, uh, you identify as queer. Yeah. And that, uh, that term has evolved considerably and, you know, just in the past five years, which I think is awesome. But what does that mean to you? Um, early in the conversation when I referenced that I met JR, um, I said that I was bisexual. And at the time, that was a genuine statement to who I was. I slept with men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, as the gender spectrum opened up, as I got older, I don't know as what that my means. partner... What do you mean, the gender... As the gender spectrum opened up? Um... That as sounds like a break in the space-time continuum. Yeah. Um, as I went past binary gender roles, oh, as okay. I started to date people that didn't fall into boy or girl, sure. Um, either through transitioning or opting to be gender queer or you know making their own label, whatever the case may be, binary gender no longer felt appropriate for me, right, or fair to the people that I love. Um, so I went to queer because that felt like a much more appropriate fit to me. It also speaks a little to my politics as well. So it fits there too, but it is more about a choice that I make an ID based on the people that I have in my life and the people that I love. I have a lot of friends who identify as queer mm-hmm. and pretty much universally, uh, I can say that people who usually identify as queer, they've actually done some a lot of self-discovery and have thought about themselves personally, and they've really dug deep into who they are. And for the most part, I mean, they, they seem to like, I'm always really jealous because they seem to really have their shit together. And you, you, you are in that camp as well. I'm sitting, just listening to your talk, I'm like, God, she's really got her shit together. <laughs> and, and it almost makes me think... Uh, because I I've been, I've been jealous of people who who put so much thought and have and clearly they know themselves and they really put a lot of thought into who they are, and I've never been able to do that. It's just something I just I get I'm like ah eh, fuck that I'm, I get a I, I got some work to do or whatever I'll, I'll think of something else to, you know what I mean right and uh and so and and again I'm sitting there just listening to you talk whether it's about your kids or about your relationship and you've got all these different things and and initially if i look at someone's profile and there's all these different labels like mm-hmm. that i'm like all right this person is all over the place but i hear you talking about it i'm like all right it's because you actually thought about it and then you've actually you know there's a reason behind all of it it's not that you're just throwing a dart at someone at a, at a at an identifier and then all right you are this you know yeah, no. um but there's I'm intention in my life, no doubt. I'm just saying you got your shit together, and hey, you're making me feel bad about myself. So, <laughs> way to go, asshole. You're also an asshole. An unintentional one, but... No problem. And I guarantee there are other people who are listening, too, who are like, God damn it. Just stop. There's Take- people that are going to be shocked that you just called me an asshole. <laughs> well, in the best possible way. Absolutely. The good kind of asshole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I appreciate that. I think that I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. And I just continue to be true to me and the relationships that I'm in. And I've learned that talking is the most important thing, as annoying as it is. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. 
<laughs> by that you mean you mean thing. you mean uh, just like really? That's how, that's how I maintain everything. That's how I function every day. Like communication calendars. Like who would have thought that my life would really like my personal life, not my job, not like I get a schedule every week. Like I need a calendar to function in my personal life. I've heard about that, you know, but that people who are poly, they they've got all these. They've got a crap load of calendars, right? I just have one, but it's very important. <laughs> but uh, I should say a lot of calendar entries, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, last night um, I was at Melissa's house, my lover. Um, she's a girl like that on my profile. Mm-hmm. Um, we called it a double, like a double overnight because she has two kids as well. So I took my kids over for her two kids. Um, they all had a sleepover. And, you know, this morning as we're packing our kids up and getting them ready, we're making our next date. Like <laughs> in our phones, we're setting up our next date right. on our thing. So she's a good example, too, of, you know, I have this incredible person in my life who I can share kink with, who I can share poly with, who's also a mom with me, you know, and yeah. gets that gets that aspect of me as well and who is also raising amazingly open and and queer and amazing children like me. So and why do you think there's ever going to be a version of The View with you and your friends? Because I'd watch that. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Because right now, you know, we, there really isn't anything... Uh, you know what I mean? There, there is. Wouldn't it be? I think it'd be great to have a show where you have people of uh, alternative lifestyles who are just being themselves and not uh, being depicted in sort of a weird way. Isn't that what you're doing right now, though? Yeah, but we have really horrible ratings. And good luck. <laughs> good luck getting uh, you know Calgon to sponsor the show. Hey, I bumped you for 2014. All right. And I repped you so everybody would do it too. So, <laughs> you know. Well, yes, there you we go. can do it. We can raise you some money. It'll be the View, sponsored by Calgon. Absolutely. Exactly. The the Massacast Calgon. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. I'm, I I'm so I'm so glad you uh, had time to uh, sit down, and I'm so gl- I, people don't know this, but I actually I had uh, our chat for two thirty in my calendar for some reason, and so you were just sitting around waiting for a half hour while I was, you know, playing fetch with the dog. Okay. But. Uh, There's that dog again. There was so much. Yeah, no, this the dog screwed it up. See, mm-hmm. um, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me. I hope you'll be back again. Cool. Thanks, MJ, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. I'm interested in things. I'm not a real doctor, but I am a real worm. I have an actual.